It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 227 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. And we made it. Yes, the NHL season has arrived. However, your Ottawa Senators will have to wait two more sleeps before taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs Friday. However, as did every team across the NHL, the 23-man roster has been announced and the newly formed taxi squad. Did they go with prospects or, you know, able bodies that could step in? We'll let you know all that. Any surprises that didn't make the lineup. And we have a very special segment, a goalie friendly phenomenon. We had goalie hugger himself, TSN hockey analyst, Jamie Noodles McLennan back on the show for a draft of the Canadian division goalies, all that. And the juiciest part so far, hands down, of our organizational value rankings. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, January 13th, and Pilsy, you, with an umlaut, called it because Tim Stutzla announced yesterday he will go with the traditional spelling of his last name, S-T-U-T-Z-L-E. And we're not sure yet because the Ottawa Senators tweeted that out last night. They spelt it with the umlaut. However, the photo was at the World Juniors where it was spelt the same way I just said, but with no umlaut at all. So foggy, but still great decision here. I think we're both in agreement on that. Well, it's umlaut gate coming back. And uh, yeah, hey, I'm excited about this. And the what I don't understand is why is this happening now? Like, why didn't they just do that right off the bat? Like, why, why make the switch? And yeah, it's just so funny that the Ottawa Senators, they finally have some fun news that the fans are going to love and they're cloudy about it and they don't fully uh, properly explain it. But we knew it was coming and I thought I was a unique guy with the umlaut. I guess I'm just a trendsetter now because now that's what everybody's going to be donning. Imagine having the number 88 Stutzla jersey spelt with the UE that he wore on draft night. Wrong number and wrong spelling of the name. We also have to give a shout out to Jean M. Lebrun because Tim Stutzla can't choose this name and I don't think he would on the back of his jersey. But Jean got superstar as in Timmy Superstar with the umlaut on the back of his black 2D. It looks awfully sharp. And Stutzla will be one of the 23 players on the Senators' final roster to wear those beautiful 2D jerseys this upcoming weekend. Let's run through the lineup. And then, Pilsy, I want to know your biggest surprises. The lines officially are what they were, I'm assuming, on Tuesday. It's an off day Wednesday for Ottawa before they get back on the ice tomorrow. Here's how they lined up. Josh Norris in between Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. Then you have the two veterans alongside the youngest player on this team. It's Stepan Dadanov and Tim Stutzla. The third line consists of Chris Tierney in between Nick Paul and Connor Brown. And the fourth line, two names you'd expect and a third wild card. It's left winger Paquette 
It's Austin Watson at right wing, but Pilsy, Colin White is the fourth line center on this team. Yeah, that's surprising for sure. But where where that happens and where it comes down to is Josh Norris winning that top spot on that top line with Brady and Drake. And it's unfortunate for Colin White, but we talked about him last year. The sophomore slump was real and he couldn't pick up any sort of offense. He's much more of a checking kind of guy. So I think DJ Smith is starting him off small and making him work to earn those extra ice time because... There's no spots given here. We saw players drop by the wayside yesterday through waivers and such. So there's no spots. you got to earn them. And look, it's unfortunate that a guy who you've committed more money than anyone else to in your forward group is on the fourth line. But this is a different fourth line than most years too, right? Like give Austin Watson happy birthday also. Shout out Austin Watson's 29th birthday today. But also Cedric Paquette in there, like, I'm not going to kid you. These are fourth line grinder guys, but these are guys who also have offensive talent and who have played on competitive contending teams for their, their entire career, really. So both have been to a, both have been to a Stanley cup final. Yeah. And with Paquette coming off of winning a Stanley cup. So these aren't just fourth line plugs that have brick for hands and are going to scrap every shift. Like there's some potential on this fourth line. But what do you think about those guys driving Colin into the battle a little bit. And we saw Brady does that with anybody, and that's where Colin White had played. But when you see Paquette just bowling around out there and he ran through Lassie Thompson in the in the scrimmage the other night, I, I think this is a spot that, yes, it's a message to Colin White, and we'll see how he responds. I'd assume he's still going to get some power play time, whether it's on that second unit or not. You're looking at me like maybe not, but is he going to have to reinvent himself then and does he really have what it takes to be a center iceman? We mentioned last episode, the 46% career faceoff. Like you don't have him in the middle for, for this ability to snap the puck back off the draw. I think he might project better as like a third line right wing. But then you look over at the depth chart there and would you rather have him higher in the lineup in exchange for Batherson, Dadanov, or Connor Brown? No. So there's really starting to be a, a bind here of where does Colin White fit in? Yeah, it's it's tough. And I mean, this is a question I think in our past kind of three, four interviews, we've asked, asked everyone who's been on the show, what do we do with Colin White? And we've got different answers and nobody really knows, but I'm not ready to write him off yet. I'm not ready to do that because he showed a lot of promise when he was put in the proper positions and had supporting line mates with him. So Give him a chance on that fourth line. Hopefully he gets his energy up with Paquette and Watson. And then maybe we see him move up the line up there. But yeah, I think the big surprise here, and at least I'm surprised, is seeing Josh Norris make this make this team. It was Josh Norris or Logan Brown. And Josh Norris won that job. And not only did he win that job, he got the number one center spot on the entire team. Like he must have blown away DJ Smith and the chemistry that those three guys, him, Brady and Drake have together must have been amazing. Well, just go back and send prospects. Our boy is great at putting out season ending highlight reels. And if you go back and watch either Josh Norris or Drake Batherson's, they're in each other's highlights nine out of 10 times. They had such good chemistry, quick one touch offense where they're playing with the opposition. They are just making a mockery of their defensive positioning because they're so smart. They think the game ahead. And where does Brady go? right to the net. He only has one track mind in the offensive zone, exactly where he needs to be. So I think keeping that chemistry of Norris and Batherson together is great. And you can't tell Josh Norris, the reigning rookie of the year in the American league that he didn't make the team. If he flat out won a spot in camp and on the opposite end of that spectrum, Logan Brown has to be the most notable 
cut and we'll get into the taxi squad and all the rest of the cuts, but we're going to run through the forwards right now. And Logan Brown is the final piece of that puzzle before we move on to the decor and ultimately that taxi squad. What's next for Logan Brown pills. Again, I have no clue. Like I'm stumped here. And, but I think there's a lot of people on Twitter being like, what? He doesn't even crack the taxi squad squad. I don't think that's where you want him. Like there's, there's rumors that DJ Smith has said that the taxi squad might not get into a NHL action in a game for weeks. And you cannot have a guy like Logan Brown, who's already missed a considerable amount of time due to injury out for weeks on the final year of his deal here. Like it's going to be interesting, but I think you got to send a message to Logan and he's got, he's got to earn it just like Colin white. You can't give them these cushy jobs and he's going to have a spot to succeed in Belleville on that top line, probably with Formanton and Abramov. And that's going to be a dominant force down there. And hopefully he can play his way back up into contention for an NHL spot. I think there might be a little misinterpretation because we waited so long to get this training camp going. It feels like forever until the AHL season, but they're aiming for February 5th. That's two weeks away. So not much different than you would usually have between the end of an NHL training camp and the start of an AHL season. So I don't get the notion that because he's going down, what's he going to do? Not be able to play the AHL is a better spot to season him right now than the taxi squad. And before we get to that taxi squad, let's finish up with mentioning the two extras up front. Looks like it'll be Artem Anisimov and Alex Galchenyuk. So the Russian boys are going to be on the outside looking in, it seems to start the season and on the back end, no real surprise because it's been this way over the past number of weeks at camp. Thomas Shabbat with Erica Branson, the two assistant captains, associate captains, as I was corrected on Twitter, but it is true. Then Mike Riley and Nikita Zaitsev. Uh, and then Christian Willanen, who had such an amazing scrimmage the other day, two goals plus the extra one in the overtime. And he's paired with Josh Brown, who we know Pierre Dorian is very high on the upside. Braden Coburn making this team as the seventh defenseman, many thought he was a taxi squad candidate. Pilsy, your thoughts on this decor as it shapes into 2021? Yeah, I think pretty much like you said, what what we expected. The couple wrinkles here are, I think I probably would have put Zub as the seventh defenseman instead of Coburn. I think that's a guy where it would be better to try to mix him in a couple games with his age. And uh, sure, he doesn't have any NHL experience, but he's got a boatload of KHL experience. And Braden Coburn like it's not like you're going to be upset that he's not improving his skills or or whatever and he's going to be stuck on the taxi squad that's fine and then the other name of course is Eric Branstrom but with Eric Branstrom you got to realize that he's so far behind the eight ball than all these other guys like he's he's hasn't had a chance to come over and be a part of camp get in practices build chemistry with some of these guys, figure out where he's going to fit in the lineup. I mean, there's still even debate. Is he going to play left side? Is he going to play right side? And he hadn't played in a game even over in Europe for a while because they were going through COVID problems. So it's just tough for a guy like him where this is such a pivotal season that he doesn't get the same opportunity to kind of transition into it as the rest of the guys. But we're going to see him as a number one defenseman down in Belleville. He's going to be a dominant force. When we were down there, Ross, he was like a magician with the puck. Like he could skate through in and out of defensemen, opposing forwards coming at him. Like there was nothing he couldn't do with the puck. So he's going to work on those skills while working on getting stronger and his play away from the puck. And I would be shocked if we don't see Eric Bransom in the NHL this season at some point. No doubt. And same with Logan Brown. They'll get opportunities due to either performance or health issues and 
in terms of Belleville defenseman, you can lock it up as though he wasn't already, but number one left side defenseman because there was a trade, and we'll get to that a little later. Pierre Dorian is in the last four trades in the NHL with the Ottawa Senators. Let that sink in, wheeling and dealing. But you mentioned Artem Zub. He is a part of that taxi squad alongside Jonathan Aspero, Philip Schlappick, Michael Haley, Matthew Pekka, and our boy, the third string goalie on this Ottawa Senators team won that spot out of camp, Joey Decord. Now, outside of Joey, who, albeit older than a few of the guys on this list, he's still a legitimate prospect age. There's a trend here, like with Michael Haley, with Matthew Pekka, and with Artem Zub. Like that's 25 or older, all of those guys. They went the route of going with experience and guys who they don't necessarily need to be playing every other night. So, did you think that that is the right way to go in terms of building this taxi squad? Absolutely, yeah. Because you don't want Formanton, Abram, of all these guys just sitting on a taxi squad. Like, keep him in Belleville playing. I think a lot of people forget how young these guys are. You kind of get you get the the view of how well they're doing in Belleville, and you think, yeah, they're ready to come up to the NHL. But these are still young guys, and they're considerably steps behind these guys that are in the NHL with Josh Norris aside, obviously that's, that's the one kind of outlier. He's only one year of pro experience and now he's playing on the top line on this NHL roster. But I think as far as the rest of the taxi squad goes, that's great. And maybe the one outlier on the taxi squad is Philip Schlappick, but I don't see much point of him being in the AHL and he's the perfect kind of guy to flip in and out of the lineup for a game or two here and there and play a fourth line, third line checking kind of role because he's not a guy who's really going to see top six time in the NHL and that's fine. And that's kind of the situation that, that he's in. So keep him on the taxi squad, give more time for uh, younger guys who are still developing and trying to form that top six role in Belleville and Schlappick can get into NHL games when he can. We'll see how this taxi squad is utilized, but remember, they are considered AHLers. They are making their AHL salary. They are having to clear waivers to go up or down, and it's unlikely they get into a game because you have to use your players first in terms of your seventh defenseman or your 13th and 14th forward, unless you're going to put them on waivers, right? So you risk losing them like Ottawa did with Rudolph Balsers. I am so sorry, Pilsy. He goes back to San Jose. Would you like to say a word on that? Well, first off, that was a that was a blow to my to my heart. A Rudy Balsers, like that was my guy. He was someone that I think a lot of people discounted. They didn't think he had it in him, but look, the stats don't lie. Like anywhere he went, he put up numbers. So this is a bittersweet moment for me, but I kind of had in my head, I was thinking like why wouldn't San Jose pick him up? Like, and hey, sorry, Sharks, but yeah, that team is abysmal. Like, that is just an absolute wreck of a franchise right now. I don't know what they're going to do. And they have no prospects at all. And they're stuck with aging veterans with massive deals. And Rudolph Bolsters, I bet that was a guy when they did the Carlson trade, they probably thought they were smart and they were selling high on this guy. He had a good season in San Jose, sell high on him. He's a fifth or fourth rounder. He's not going to do much in the future. And then they're saying, wow, he's developed amazingly in Ottawa, in Belleville. This is one of our top guys now. Rudolph Balsters will probably even get a decent shot at consistent NHL time on that team. So, you know what? It's sad that Rudolph Balsters is going to go, but... 
I've said it over and over. This is a guy that needed a bigger opportunity to really blossom and to show what he's got. He wasn't getting that opportunity in Bell or in Ottawa. He was getting squeezed out. I thought it was looking like they're going to trade him. We even heard from an inside source that the team kind of fell out of favor with him and they weren't really interested in what he, he brought to the table. So if he's going to go anywhere, go far away from Ottawa in the Western Conference Go back to somewhere he's familiar with. He's already kind of got his feel for the area environment and maybe some teammates still and get a better opportunity because he's still young. He's got a long career ahead of him. And I fully believe Rudolph Balser is going to be a good NHLer. So see you later, Rudy, but we're still cheering for you. Pour one out for red light, Rudy. And that uh, we'll always have that 15 game point streak down in Belleville. A good really thing I didn't player. get a Belleville jersey, eh? I was going to do... I, my two jerseys were going to be a Duclair Ottawa jersey and a Belleville uh, Balsers jersey. So thank God I waited on those, eh? Well, I don't think I was going to buy a Max Lejoie jersey, but he is also out of the organization. He has been traded to Carolina in exchange for Clark Bishop. Now everyone is so quick to applaud Carolina for every move they make. They're analytics geniuses. They always finish high in that analytics uh, department when people are judging on, on how teams are. Good luck with, with Max Lejoie. Coming to Ottawa is Clark Bishop, the former captain of, you guessed it, the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. Played a few games with Drake Batherson, but he was a little bit older. He's played a, f- a handful of NHL games, has scored his first goal, and you can consider him a Belleville depth piece i would imagine probably similar spot on the depth chart to jc bodin would that be fair yeah that's right around the area i would have him i mean 24 years old six foot one 200 pound centerman and yeah he plays decent in the ahl doesn't really light it up but he can be a consistent bottom roll guy and it's good to get players back because that's um the Belleville roster isn't as strong as you would think with with uh, expanded rosters, guys getting called up, uh, losing Rudy Balsers, Max Lejoie gone. So you need to get some guys back. And I think this was a decent bit of tidy business because you were going to lose Lejoie one way or another. You might as well try to recoup some assets there. Very fair. We'll find out more about what Belleville's roster is going to look like in the coming days. 17 players assigned down there, but Pierre Dorian, as I mentioned, has made the last four trades across the NHL. And between those trades, you know he has to reach for a built bar to maintain that level of energy. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And Pierre Dorian, like four straight trades, but he's made way more than 16 in his time as Senators GM, which means he would have to replicate flavors, which you don't have to do very often with Built Bar because they come in 16 amazing flavors. Eight are not chocolate nut and eight are chocolate, but nut free. However, the common denominator there is bars are 100% covered in real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great if you're conscious about your health. Who isn't these days? You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, yet high in protein and high in fiber. A nutritional grand slam. Our friends at Built Bar, they just sent us a mixed box. I'm already getting into it, but I need to know which one should I take today? And that's why we always talk to Pilsy, and we get Pilsy's pick of the week. Yeah, I got my built bar in the mail today too, Ross. And that's always a good day when you look outside and on your front door, you see perfect, tasty protein bars. And the flavor I'm going to go with today is lemon almond cheesecake. Now, that may sound a little crazy. And I'll admit, when I saw that, I was like, what are these guys at built bar cooking up here? Lemon almond cheesecake, but it is delicious. And quickly, I want to shout out some of their other products Built Boost plus Immune 
is this stuff is awesome. It's like a health. It's like a kind of a sports drink hydration that you get in these little packs and it's one serving size. So put it in your pocket, put it in your backpack, bring it to work, mix it up in your shaker bottle. I got three flavors that I love apricot, pineapple, lemon, lime, and this one's a little interesting, but it's tasty is pomegranate green apple. So go try that built boost plus immune to keep you healthy in this winter season. Go to builtbar.com right now and make sure when you do use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your first order. It's built bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your first order. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pilsy. Well, we had Jamie McLennan on the show in November. If you haven't heard, we preview the Sen season there. We get into his career, one of the best last game in the NHL stories I've ever heard, but you know that he's a goalie hugger, self-proclaimed. Of course, how could he not be? Well, we had to ask him on the show because we wanted to draft our goalies in the North Division. Everyone talks about how the Canadian Division are so strong in between the pipes. And yes, we know if you saw TSN Hockey, he ranked the Sens tandem as seventh out of seven. And I'm not going to give away what I think, but just wait until you hear who he picks with his last one and you understand why he somehow has a different team at number six, the very least. But Jamie, great guy. We always appreciate having noodles. He's now a recurring guest. We only went a few minutes. We wanted to do the draft with him. He was more than willing to to help out. And we're going to put up a graphic on Twitter. We want to know who had the best draft, whether it was noodles, Pilsy, or I. Pilsy, always great to catch up with the noodler. The Noodler, that's a new one. Hey, man, Noodles, what a guy. Like this, and we talked to him before the interview, and we were saying how we're so stoked to have so many Sens games on TSN. And he said he's doing most of them. And we talked about it. Go back, listen to our other interview. But goalies make the best color commentators. They just have a different understanding of the game. Like, Everyone thinks like a backup goalie isn't paying attention. He knows all the all the drills, all the power play spots, the penalty kill setups, the face-off drills, like all those kinds of things. Like they're watching and they're involved. So goalies, we love goalies, goalie friendly show, goalie huggers. All right, here he is. TSN hockey analyst, Jamie McLennan. All right, we now welcome our very favorite goalie hugger back to the locked on senators podcast you know we're a goalie friendly show so we figured leading in to the all canadian division we need a definitive goalie ranking and what better way than to draft to a starter a backup and well our own taxi squad guys so we'll run through nine total noodles you're our guest and hilsey and i are both hospitality industry graduates so we have to let you have the first overall pick here well, I, I mean, it would be easy for me to, you know, just go with Connor Hellbuck. I'm leaning towards Carey Price, too, though, because I think Montreal, if you take a look at it, they've got the balanced D. So kind of a toss-up. I'll go Hellebuck because, you know, at 26 years old, I think he's going to play more than Carey, too, right? Like, that's the one thing with Jake Allen there. I think, I think Hellebuck's probably going to get 40 maybe 40 plus games with Winnipeg where I think Carey will be something with a three in it. So I'll go, I'll go Connor Hellman. Safe pick. Pilsy, you're up second and then it'll be a snake draft. So I'll get three and four. 
All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Good pick noodles. I'm going with, and this is someone that I'm looking at this more from the mental side of it. I think he's going to have a big year and I really trust him. Jacob Markstrom, like this is a guy, he felt disrespected, I think, by the Canucks, not giving him a big offer. It wasn't the proper fit for them, they thought. So he's going to their rival in Calgary. He's got a brand new contract, a six-by-six contract. He put up decent numbers in the season. And I just think he's someone with something to prove. And he's yep. got a solid Calgary team in front of him. So Jacob Markstrom is my guy. That's a good Good pick, Billsy. I I had him at two on my list, and only because the Montreal Canadiens went out and got Jake Gallen, who has been known to be able to play games at this level. Now, at three, it's a no-brainer, though. I have to take Carey Price, and his history speaks for itself. The Vezna, the gold medal, and hey, he's due for a bounce back. You you know, statistically, it hasn't been as it was. Like, 2016, I think, was peak Carey Price, and now he's on the other side of 30, but... I still think there's some really good hockey left. And Ottawa fans would know more than anyone that your goaltending best years can be into your 30s. We saw that with Craig Anderson over the last half decade. But Carey Price is my guy at three. And uh, for four, I'm going to stick with the Vets. And I know it's more of a tandem, and we'll see a lot of that all over the place. But I'm going with Braden Holtby out in Vancouver. I think the new scenery will suit him well. And maybe they don't have the best decor ahead of him, but I think he thrives in situations where he gets faced with more pucks and they're going to need him. They're going to need him in Vancouver. And I think he'll come through. So I got price at three and hope be at four. Nice. Nice. So who's up now? Now it's me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll right, go we back. Don't so get lost in the snake here. I know it's so hard not to. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you can say what you want. You can call me a Homer, but for number five, That's I'm fine. going Matt Murray. I'm going Matt Murray, and here's the thing. I'm looking at this from a mental approach as well. A change of scenery, a brand new contract. I was talking about Markstrom having a nice contract. Well, Matt Murray got more per uh, annual average, so he's looking good. He's the clear number one guy for this team. He's got a big task ahead of him, uh, hopping onto a rebuilding team with big aspirations, but I feel like are doubting him and rightfully so he had a bad season but I think you get this uh he's injected into a nice young core there's a lot of good vibes good energy in Ottawa like Marcus Hogberg is a great backup but he doesn't have that guy really peeking over his shoulder and really making him nervous he can be comfortable that this is his crease and I really think we're gonna see a a nice bounce back season from Matt Murray wow all right five that's good good noodles you're on the clock twice now so you're gonna finish up your your trio here Okay, I'll go with Frederick Anderson. Uh, I just talked about how I think he's a really good goalie. He just gets hung out to dry. Well, I think there's a chance, you know, with the Leafs maybe a bit more focused on D, that's going to help him. Jack Campbell maybe giving him a night off here or there is going to help him too. So I'll go with Freddie. Now, is there a taxi squad? Do so you go either a backup or do you go like just whoever you want? You can go. Pilsy and I were talking before, and we were wondering if either Euler would even go in the top nine, and here we are at number uh, seven I, and still none. I actually was I was going to go Miko Koskinen then. Okay. That's my, so in coming back, because I think Koskinen's going to play probably 70% of the games, and if, if they look at that, he played 33 last year, I believe, and had a really good number. So if he could get to maybe – 36 38 games and Mike Smith spells him all he needs to do is play solid and that's you know he's going to get goal support they're they're working on their defensive structure they're a lot like Toronto 
they hang their goalies out a lot. So I'll go with Koskinen. So I guess I've got Hellebuck, um, Anderson, and Koskinen. Yeah, that's a that's a nice good trio. trio. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And now I'll uh, I'll take my third guy and. I'm looking at Thatcher Demko. This is someone you don't let a guy like Markstrom go if you don't have a backup plan. And I don't mean backup is a backup goalie, but a guy who you think can take the reins and take the crease. And Thatcher Demko showed every playoffs that game. Sure, he's still proven in the regular season, but I think it's interesting too that they went and got a guy like Braden Holpe, who's on the back end of his career, and gave him a two-year deal instead of something uh, substantially longer, or trying to find a goalie who you can uh, plug in for a more long-term period because I really think they're carving the way for Thatcher Demko here. And I think at the end of Holpe's contract, he's going to be ready to take it. And I think this is the last year of his uh, contract. He's going to be a restricted free agent next year. And he's going to want that fat ticket right away. Nice. I like that. So you got Murray, you which I mean, all right. And then Jacob Markstrom and Thatcher Demko. Demko, if he comes off, his, his bubble performance, but Noodles, do you think that he's going to get enough starts or are they going to lean with uh, Holpe? I think it'll be kind of a platoon early on. Uh, the one thing I believe is Holpe's got a chance for a bounce back too, you know, and, and the one thing on the two-year deal too is uh, now you tech Demko in expansion and Holpe might look be, to be in Seattle, right? Like there's a chance like the goaltending in Seattle, if you just look at the Canadian teams alone, the goaltending in Seattle could be Holtby and Dick Allen next year. And okay. which isn't that bad, be that that's bad. pretty good. Because yeah. Allen signed a two-year extension, right, in Montreal. So, you know, that's just, that's just picking apart the Canadian teams, not even looking at who's available down south of a Marc-Andre Fleury or guys like that. So I, I, I look at it. I think Holtby's going to get early on. It sounds like he had a good pink hand. But – I think you're going to use both goaltenders in a platoon system in a condensed schedule. You got to use both guys. Like that's the, that's what worries me. That's why I dropped Hellebuck to the second tandem in Canada. Hellebuck's that good, but Carey Price and Jake Allen as a team just are more solid to me. Whereas Hellebuck and a guy like Laurent Boissois, there, there's a big drop-off, and, and Brassois has got to play better. He did play better a couple of years ago, so I think there's a chance he could bounce back. But that's, you know, I think you're going to be bullies with, with a condensed schedule. Everyone's going to play. So, you know, it'll be a sprint. It'll be exciting to see if these goalies can hold up. You know what surprises me is a guy like David Riddick may not get a lot of love, but we, you can't forget, like, he – he was an all-star not that long ago. I believe he was in St. Louis with Markstrom as an all-star. That's yep. a real nice tandem there, too. So the, I, I still maintain there's some great goalies in Canada. Like, oh, that's, amazing. you know, it, 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 it's going to be an unreal theater because if you, if you look at it, Markstrom in a new spot, Matt Murray's in a new spot, you know, Carey Price still has something to prove with Montreal as a deeper team. Now, Frederick Anderson's got a lot to prove, you know, and, and so does Demko. Like, it, there's not a storyline, really. Yeah, that's what I found team. when I was doing my research. All these guys have a chip on their shoulder or something to prove. It's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Inclu including awesome. I'll finish off the draft at number nine with Jake Allen. I feel so dirty that I have both Montreal Canadiens goalies, but Jake Allen, another guy, a new scenery, I think will do him well. And Hey, when he took over for Bennington in the bubble, he was good. Five games, a 935 save percentage, and uh, GAA under two. So I'm happy to finish off with he Jake Allen. Play. Yeah, 
Definitely. Yeah, he, he had that play. stretch in, in St. Louis. He just lost his confidence, eh? Yeah, and, you know, sometimes it just – you're a product of the team, and the team wasn't playing well. They they were just destroyed with injuries and, and inconsistencies of their top players, and sometimes you're just a product of what's going on. But he's a really good guy, a really hard worker, an attention-to-detail guy, and I think he's going to give Montreal some really good minutes. So he's a, he's a nice pick. He's an under under pick. So that is the – Draft of all the North Division goalies. Go to at Send Central on Twitter. Have your say. Noodles, really appreciate it. We'll get you out here on this one because I saw there are more sends on TSN games, I think, percentage-wise than ever before. Are we going to expect you back on the coverage for that? There's my schedule right here. I just went through. I just got it today. So I've, Oh, uh, nice. I think I'm doing – I think there, we get like 40 games and I'm doing like three of them for sure. So awesome. It, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yep. It starts for me anyways. I think uh, Ray and Gord are doing the first game. But uh, for me, it's next Tuesday, the Jets at Senators. Tuesday, Thursday, I'll be there. So we'll see if your top pick, Hellebuck, can uh, support you there. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm non-biased, but I mean, certainly I'll be watching both uh, both sides with uh, a lot of interest, put it that way. And uh, for not, not like you're going to win an Elmer F- Mud for this one or anything, but if you could sneak Timmy Superstar into a broadcast, I know that all of Sen's Twitter will have a good laugh at that. But we're stoked to have you on your normal duties at Sen's coverage, and everyone listens on Overdrive Monday through Friday. The Noodles will be sure to catch up with you again soon. Our now recurring guest on the show. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Jamie Noodles McLennan from TSN Hockey. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at JamieMcLennan29 like you don't already. He'll be all over the Senators and the entire North Division all season long. And while he's talking about it and telling you the inside scoop of what to expect, you need to head on over to betonline.ag. It's the only home for locked-on network betting, and it's the only place that we trust. The NHL season is upon us, and... Wow, well, you waited that long. It's just about time to make some money off it, right? Football is deep into the playoff, but right here, right now, it's the NHL hockey season. And when you go to betonline.ag and sign up with a free account, you get a 50% welcome bonus just for listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. How great is that? It's the only place that we trust, like I mentioned. And now we're going to leave our trust in Pillsy. We're going to start a new segment alert and it's Pillsy's parlay of the day because when you're making some bets, yeah, you can you can bet 140 to win 100, that sort of thing. But the real fun is when you can pick two or three and really turn a profit. So now I turn it over to Pillsy's inaugural parlay of the day. The NHL season here is here, and the parlay of the day is coming along. I'm excited for this. Our good friends at BetOnline.ag are hooking us up, and they're hooking you up for the first parlay of the NHL season. Well, I said one yesterday, and if you didn't listen yesterday, I'm not revealing that one today, so go back and listen. But this is the official first one. Guys, we've been waiting a long time for the NHL season to start, so you know I'm giving you a bet from the very first game. The Penguins and Flyers smash that puck line, Philadelphia Flyers, so them minus one and a half. That's plus 240 odds. And then combine that, You love cheering for goals. Life's too short to bet the under. Head over to Tampa Bay Lightning versus Chicago Blackhawks. Bet the over 
of six and a half at minus 118. Put those two together in a parlay. You bet 10 bucks, you can win $52.81. So that's returning you $62.81. That's pretty good. So Pilsy's parlay of the day, Philadelphia puck line, Tampa Bay, Chicago, bet the over. Okay, overs are going to hit all over the place as we get some sloppy hockey without exhibition games. So that is my levy lock is to bet the over there. And where are we going to do it? It's betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. And don't forget the welcome bonus. You'll get 50% when you put in the promo code locked on. It's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. All right, Pilsy. Now, before we get to our organizational value rankings deep into the single digit, we're getting from eight to five today. And then we're doing four, three tomorrow. And then on the day of the send season, we will unveil our first and second on this list. I don't think it'll be surprised who is it is, but who's number one. I think that is still up to be decided. If you want to learn about all the teams across the NHL, make sure to check out the locked on NHL season previews. All 31 teams are included division by division. And Hey, we even include our sense preview. So hear from local experts on the biggest stories surrounding every team across the NHL. You can get it wherever you subscribe to your podcast right after you follow us on Twitter at Send Central and subscribe to the Locked On Senators podcast wherever you get yours. Now, we're at number eight. It's the first ever guest on this show. It's Drake Batherson. At, man, I could have put him higher on my list. I think he's that good. And if you look at him, our boy Laleem's Martian calling him Steak Batherson this year because he's bulked up. He's ready for a big season. What are you expecting from the two-time over-point-per-game AHLer? Well, if Drake Batherson ends up sticking on that line with Josh Norris and Brady Kachuk, he is poised to have that breakout season that you and a lot of other people think he's going to have. He's in a perfect position for that. Let's take a look at how he did last season before we jump to this season. He had in 44 games with Belleville, he had 16 goals, 38 assists. Until he left, he was one of the leading scorers in the AHL. Like it was him and uh, what's that guy who played uh, with Utica Ross? Reed Boucher? Reed Boucher. Yeah, him and Reed Boucher were swapping number one and two every other night. And he was one of the guys that was lighting it up. He embodied the Belleville Senators in my mind, Drake Batherson. Like he was the heart and soul of that team. So he's too good to play in the AHL. So Ottawa calls him back up. He started the season in Ottawa, but they didn't like what they saw. So he went back down to Belleville for some season, then came back up. In 23 games, he had three goals, seven assists. He even saw some um, some power play time. He made a couple nice plays. Him and Tyler Ennis actually were a really good combo, so it's too bad Ennis isn't back for that. But I think 
he's going to have a big year. And now that he has the size that he has, he's going to outmuscle these guys. You know, Drake is a two way kind of guy and the vision that he has, the shot that he has, he can make anything happen on the ice. Now that he's the proper size for the NHL and put in a spot with Josh Norris and Brady Kachuk, look out for Drake Batherson this season. What's a realistic expectation for him? He's starting on a line where get this. He's the oldest player with Josh Norris and Brady Kachuk, yet just not Calder eligible. He played, I think, two extra games that would have disqualified him from being considered a rookie still. However, the amount of work that he's put in, and you can reference the fact that he's got to be around Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon and Brad Marchand. How about that training group in the offseason in Nova Scotia? You have to pick up off-ice habits. And I think that's what Drake did. And it's going to translate onto the ice because his vision has always been there. His hockey sense at both ends of the ice is elite. What he needs is confidence. And last year, he lost it in Ottawa. And the year before, at a certain extent, he lost it in Ottawa. And then he goes down to Belleville and excels. And he was an all-star this year. And he's way too good for the AHL. But unlike Rudy Balsers, he's not a quadruple-A player. All of these skills are transferable to the NHL. He just needed to get stronger and be more physically dominant because when he gets to his peak, he's not going to be considered a playmaker or a sniper. He's a power forward. He's a guy who should lean on defenders, get to the front of the net and cause havoc. And when you're 170 pounds, a lot harder to do than when you're 200. So how will that weight help him, Pilsy? Because this is a guy where I think in the first couple of games of the year, we're going to know what the trajectory is. If he's attacking the middle of the ice from the right wing spot, I'm going to be making bets ASAP to get him in whatever way I can scoring goals and setting up plays because he's that good offensively. It's just a matter of, can he, you know, cement himself and be a presence physically? Do you think he can do that right away at at 22 years old now? I think so. Like he, he's shown that he could do it in the American hockey league. And now that he has that size, you asked what that's going to change. Mostly. I think it's going to change his confidence. We saw when he first played those couple games to start the season last year, that was not Drake Batherson as we know, like he wasn't confident. He was timid. He was hesitant to go in uh, to the corners. Now, He's saying, I'm just as big. I'm just as strong as any of these other guys. I can do this. He's going to be going into those battles with full confidence. He's going to be transitioning the puck up the ice, not worried it's going to get stripped off him as he's skating away. He's going to be the guy stripping the puck off people's stick. I think Drake Batherson is ready, and I'm so glad that he's fully switched to the right wing position because that gives him a great spot to succeed. And he's not going to be battling for these center positions. He's cemented on the right side in my eyes. And yeah, look out for Drake Batherson this year. I was going to say who he's he competing with for a spot. But if you look at the opening night roster, he's going to be the number one right winger on this team. But really... To me, it's Colin White, and funny enough that we mentioned earlier in the show that maybe he projects on the right wing a little bit better. We know that Dadanov and Connor Brown are both top nine, and in Dadanov's case, a guaranteed top six winger on this team. So maybe Connor Brown, but I think more so, if Drake cements himself, as I believe he will, as a top nine right winger, that's going to squeeze Colin White even more because you don't have that natural, like, oh, I don't want my 
my $4.75 million center playing on the fourth line. So I'm going to move him up to get him more minutes on the right side. But Drake's not going to let that happen because he is he's ready to explode this year. So as you mentioned, it's going to be a very exciting time. A guy who I believe will be higher than number eight on this list next year. As we go to number seven and maybe a little too high on this one as a goalie-friendly show, we have to be high on the tendies and while well, his reputation precedes him. However... Matt Murray is coming off his worst statistical year, 899. When when that first number in the save percentage is not in nine, you are already in trouble. Pilsy, why is he this high on our list after signing a four-year contract with an annual average of 6.25? Well, you heard us talk about Matt Murray in our draft with Noodles, and I took him, call me a homer, whatever you want, but he has so much to prove and he's getting a new change of scenery. And yeah, admittedly, we probably have him a little high on this list, but if he plays to his potential and if he plays to his contract, having a starting goalie that already has the experience of two Stanley cups on one on each hand by the time they're 26. And if he can get back to his proper form, that's invaluable. Like you can't, like that's what the senators gave him this contract for. They're banking on that upside. They're telling him, we think you can get back to that. We believe you can get back to that. So we're going to pay you and keep you around long enough for you to make that worth our while. And we're going to make it worth your while. And sure. He had a terrible season, but I actually think that's kind of a positive for the senators because if he has another great season, this is a guy that's not available for trade and he's, not available for the price that they got him. And I think he's going to have a bounce back season because he's going to be injected into this lineup that is so much youth, so much energy, so much motivation, so much passion. And look, maybe Marcus Hogberg, not a guy you're looking at who's kind of over his shoulder, but he's a competitive guy and he's going to keep his teams in games every every day. So, And we heard uh, Gord Wilson was telling us that Hogberg outplayed Murray in that scrimmage. So his spot's not as comfy as he thinks. So he's going to have to keep working. But I really like Matt Murray. I think it was a good idea to bring him in here because he's going to grow and develop at the same age and pace as the rest of this team. And we're looking at a big bounce back year for him. Let's keep in mind it's a new system and he is reinventing his game as well under goalie coach Pierre Gru. So if it's a tough start to Matt Murray's season, I wouldn't throw in the towel right away. Well, how can you when he signed for four years? But let this guy figure it out over the next few weeks and months. And what really blew my mind, though, we tweeted it out as well, is that he's only six months older than Marcus Hogberg. So what does that mean going forward? It's just something to keep in mind as we move along because really it's his crease, right? It's Matt Murray's crease, and he needs to show that his glove hand is improved, and he needs to show that he can battle. And if he can do that, then I think he's going to be just fine leading the Senators into this season. So number eight, Drake Batherson. Number seven, Matt Murray. And number six, the surprise signing of the offseason. The, oh my God, we got Dadanov. Evgeny Dadanov, three seasons since returning from the KHL. He's got 25 plus in all three of those years. Now he's going to be right away the most important offensive member of this team. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. Yep. And look, I'm sad to see my guy, Rudy Balsers. You know, I, I like the guys that have skill, but people don't give him quite enough shine. And that's why Evgeny Dadnov has been my guy since he returned. Like this guy is an elite sniper. He was buried on, uh, on that uh, Panthers. Well, not the lineup. He got a lot of time with Huberto, but kind of on their spotlight of who you're looking at. And Look, last season, he had 25 goals, 22 assists in 69 games. That's a down year for him. 
Usually he's right around the same amount of goals, but the two previous seasons, he had 37 assists and 42 assists. So you're talking 15 more assists and 20 more assists than last season. And again, I'm going to use that. I'm going to spin that into a positive because if he has another massive year, I don't think he's signing with the Ottawa Senators for three years at 5 million. I think he's looking to join a contender and probably trying to find a bigger ticket. So that worked out again for the Sens. And now Evgeny Dadnov coming in here knowing he is the guy on the top power play. He's going to be the guy who's always getting that last touch on the, the kind of tic-tac-toe plays with the net empty. He's going to be the guy they're looking for to shoot. He's so good in between the hash marks. That's like right in that slot. And on the power play, he had 11 power play goals last season and 17 power play points. This guy, I'm so excited to see what he does. It's going to be interesting, though. He's not going to have Huberto. He's not going to have those same elite franchise guys with him. He is going to be playing with Stepan and Stutzla. So we'll see if they can help ignite his offense. And I think him and Stutzla are going to be an absolutely dynamic duo. No disrespect to even Mark Stone, but Anthony Duclair and the guys who have been here in between. But would you say that they haven't had a a shooting threat on the power play since Mike Hoffman left that could give you the type of goals that Evgeny Dadnov can? Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And it's ironic you mentioned uh, Mike Hoffman. That's a guy who he was overshadowed by in Florida. And hey, (laughs) Evgeny Dadnov is kind of getting the last laugh here. He got a bigger contract at a better value than Mike Hoffman did. So it's looking good for Evgeny Dadnov because Dadnov is kind of guy where his play away from the puck isn't as terrible as Mike Hoffman. Like remember Mike Hoffman on the fourth line because just he's a liability defensively. Whereas Dadnov, you're not going to get that. And part of that is being a veteran. And that's another big asset to signing a guy like Dadnov is you get that veteran experience. And Hey, he didn't have a lot of playoff success. He only had the four games in the qualifying round with the Panthers, but go look at his hockey DB, check out the playoff experience he had in the KHL. He has a lot of it, and that's pretty um, thats pretty valuable for an NHL team to have a guy who knows what it's like to go through the grind in tough KHL leagues. So I couldn't be more happy. Like, Evgeny Dadnov, other than maybe Taylor Hall and Alex Petrangelo, who you thought both were coming to the Senators <laughs> in the offseason, other than those guys, there wasn't a better free agent. Evgeny Dadnov was the guy, and we got him at the price and the term that's perfect. Look out for Daddy. Man, I just thought that the Taylor Hall, DJ Smith connection from Junior was going to come through. We keep getting all these connections. Why not have one where it benefits? And I'm, I mean, would Alex Petrangelo have been a fit here? Yeah, for one side at least. But uh, he obviously chose Vegas instead. Evgeny Dadanov coming in at number six on our organizational value rankings. And I think we can put an asterisk because he could be their most important X factor, at least offensively. We're going to have to wait to understand the impact that the man who comes in at fifth will have because he missed most of camp and he was a close contact to COVID, but that doesn't take away any of the talent that Eric Branstrom has. And well, what makes him exciting at these lower levels, however, could be something that he needs to work on still at the highest level. It's his explosiveness, his ability to evade checks and bring the puck not only out of his zone, but then gain zone entries and set up the play in the offensive end. He's got an accurate, but maybe not the hardest shot. Is this maybe a situation, we just spoke about Drake Batherson, but a guy who's not as further along physically developed, and we're just going to have to be patient and let that natural process happen. But once he progresses to that, look out, because all the natural ability is there. 
Yeah, Eric Bransom's biggest kind of downfall is definitely his size at 5'10", 181 pounds. That's tough. And you mentioned it a lot of times, Ross. How many defensemen, top four defensemen in the NHL can you name that are under six feet? Like Ryan Ellis and Quinn Hughes are the only two that come to mind. Not many. But look, and I'm not going to about to compare him to Quinn Hughes, but something that Quinn Hughes does really well is his evasiveness, right? He's good at avoiding those checks, making the smart moves, like thinking like a half step ahead of your opponent to make sure you're not putting yourselves in those vulnerable positions. And Branstrom can do that in the AHL, but he hasn't quite figured out how to do it in the NHL where guys are that half step smarter, faster, and stronger than him. So that's what he's going to have to work on. And I think it's unfortunate that he can't really find himself getting a spot in the NHL roster because he was so far behind in training camp. But I think he's going to spend a lot of time with Troy Mann working on, on those aspects in Belleville. Yeah. And that's fine. He's only 21 years old. Right. And I'm going to throw a player comparable at you. And I think some Sens fans might be scared when I say this, but I mean this amicably Mark Strike could be a career path that I think might mirror Eric Brancher, and there'd be nothing wrong with that. An undersized defenseman, offensively talented, <laughs> wasn't a ninth round pick like Mark Streit was, but at Streit's peak, he had a 62 point season. He had 56 the next year. He had a couple more where he's right around 50. He was even the captain of the New York Islanders for a couple of years. So that's not to take anything away. I know it's not quite the Eric Carlson comparables, and but to be realistic, if he has the same career that Mark Streit did, mostly in Ottawa, let's say. 430 points in 780 games like that's that wouldn't be bad that's top four minutes and like we I think we need to be excited and that's why he's number five on this list but at the same time to say he's a generational player I think would be going a step far well then you're gonna have to argue that with the players of the Belleville Senators because if you think that Eric Brandstrom isn't a generational talent ask them why they call him the franchise. Yeah, I mean, that's very fair. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate a bit here because a lot of people are disappointed that he wasn't on the opening night team. However, it's an easy kind of comeback that you just say, look, even if you're Pierre Dorian, you say, I like nobody's a bigger Eric Branson fan than Pierre Dorian. He said it was the proudest day of his career when he acquired him. So he has a lot of eggs in that basket. But when you miss camp, you just can't step in to a back-to-back against the Toronto Maple Leafs on opening night. It's just not not doable not fair to him either and that's the thing I was just gonna say that Ross like he was already put in an unfair position last season when he spent way too much time in the NHL when it was clear he wasn't ready so like and this is what I say about a lot of guys but what's the rush like why does Eric Branson need to be a top four NHL player today why we don't need him to be that let him grow let him develop let him get to that point where he's comfortable and he can do that and I think Honestly, the most interesting thing for me about Eric Branson is not w- which team he's playing on, but what side of the ice he's playing on. Because when you start projecting where a guy's going to end up in the lineup in the future, there's not looking like there's a lot of room on that left side when you get Jake Sanderson going to be that second pair left side defenseman. I almost would rather see him, if he's playing in Belleville, get him on the right side because DJ Smith and Pierre Dorian have said they think he's better on the left side. Why not get those reps in at the right side? If you already think he's figured it out on the left side, why not get those reps in on the right side and Belleville? And then maybe he can work on his positioning and stuff like that. And he can be a right side NHL defenseman when he's ready. Cause I think that's ideal. 
I think so as well. But what does matter is the patience with Eric Branstrom. I know you want to see the shiny toy that was returned from Mark Stone, but it will take time and it will be that much better when he finally does make the jump to full-time NHL or the franchise at number five on our organizational value rankings. We've been counting down all the way from 64 and no, we're not going back to add in Clark Bishop, but you can go back and listen to any of the most recent locked on senators. It'll be at the end of each of those shows. And as we inch closer, we've, we're going to have NHL hockey to talk about tomorrow. Pillsy. We're going to look at your parlay of the day. We're going to get into more in-depth questions about this upcoming season from a sense perspective and a whole lot more. But for today, we say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed Jamie McLennan for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.